0: We are live now on Facebook. We are so glad that you're joining us tonight. We'll wait a couple moments as you go and grab your Bible, grab some tea or coffee if you're trying to be a night owl. Uh, Go grab your notebook. There's going to be so much good information tonight. You definitely want a notebook. These guys are full of wisdom and knowledge. So why don't you go ahead and grab all those things as we get situated? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, right. You reminded me. I was gonna have coffee earlier, like at five o'clock, and I got carried away doing stuff. This is it's gonna be tough, man. No, yeah, me too.
2: I didn't make my coffee in time. I'm gonna have to have it after this. Uh, wow.
0: Well, I did make my coffee, so wow. this is... good for you, bro. <laughs> you
3: could have shared it. One- we got a one upper over here. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> I see Sterling more as like an energy drink guy.
3: Like, <clears throat> no, man. <laughs> But I do go pretty strong on three cups of coffee a day, which uh, I need to cut back.
1: Wow.
2: <laughs> coffee is good.
1: Yeah. I With think the, you can get no junk in it. It's good. Yeah. I think you can get like cirrhosis of the liver doing that, bro. But,
0: wow. hey.
2: That's
3: probably why I
1: look like
2: this. <laughs> coffee. Handsome? Is
0: that what? Is that, <laughs> is that what it is? Is that the secret to you?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's the secret. Lots of coffee. You look like this when you're this age. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, as we are getting going, I want to start a few announcements just so we can see what's going on. We have some pretty cool stuff happening this week. Uh, Number one is our prayer challenge. Our brand new video is going to be... Dropping tomorrow on Facebook, so make sure you look for that. We have a brand new thing that we are going to be showcasing in prayer. And if you haven't signed up for that yet, let us know. Put it right now in the chat that you want to sign up. We will get you all connected. You'll get an email, an introductory email, and we will show you week to week what you're going to be praying for as we band together in prayer. The other, I,
1: I heard that. Wait up! Wait up! I heard that the guy who's doing the video tomorrow is just dashing. I heard he's just like a, you know, GQ model on the side. Is this true?
0: It's so tough to know between <laughs> all of our GQ models.
1: <laughs> we hire straight from GQ at Journey
0: the Journey. Yeah. Know, <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't noticed. yeah, Prayer eye candy is what it's called. Oh, wow. <laughs> Keep going.
1: Keep going. Yeah. With so
0: go before we lose all our viewers, we also are starting our community groups and I'm telling you, this is something that you have to sign up for. And it's not just like it's for your benefit because there's so many things that you can gain from these community groups. Right now, we are in this (laughs) lockdown, no church building. We need fellowship. And this is the answer. We've seen so many people grow from community groups. So we want you to be a part of it. So if you're sitting at home and you're not a part of a community group, Put in the chat right now. I want to sign up for a community group. We will contact you. We will get you ready and set. You'll get back to the fellowship and being accountable for one another and just growing in Christ together. So make sure you sign up for that. That's my end of my spiel. But (laughs) I am am joined by some amazing gentlemen, these hand-picked superstar, all-star panel members. We have, of course... Our right-hand man, Mr. Jeremy Kaye, is joining us. Yeah. Yeah. We got to get, like, an applause track. That's what we got to get. I don't know. What, like, what do I do with my hands when you announce me? Like, Yeah. Uh, yeah raise, <laughs> <laughs> raise the <laughs> roof. We have a familiar face on our panel. One of our mentors, Mr. Randy Weir, joining us again. Hey, guys. Yeah. <laughs> And we have a baby face joining us—one of the greatest real estate minds in the business. (laughs) Great from the real estate creative, Mr. Sterling Granger has joined us. All right, (laughs) thank you. I'm amongst
3: esteemed company. I appreciate it. But hey, don't call me baby face, man. It's all about experience in the real estate game. People can't know this.
0: That's right. (laughs) Yeah, that's. We have one of the oldest members, Sterling Granger. Is that better? Is that... There, there
3: we go. You got. It.
0: <laughs> All right. Oh. So we want to right. hear. Let us know you're here with us. So we have a. We're doing this live on Facebook because we want to hear from you. So if you're in the chat right now, type hello. Put the little wavy face emoji. Try to be holy and do the little praying one. Whatever it is, let us know where you're watching from. Let us know you're here. Uh, we are excited to hang out with you guys so this is all about the interaction so let's make this happen we are starting a brand new series on psalms and this is uh i'm really looking forward to this because psalms is something special there's so much to take out of these so jeremy has handpicked some of the holiest psalms (laughs) yeah yeah to make happen uh and we get to start off with number one And this psalm is something special. So I'm calling this one the Road Map to Life. So we're going to continue on this whole idea of a map and moving forward. So I want to ask these guys right now, before we get into this theological talk, what is the longest road trip you have been on? Let's start with our our resident pastor, Mr. Jeremy Case. (laughs) Um.
1: Well, I'll tell you the one. It wasn't the longest I've been on, but it felt like it was the longest. Uh, Jeffrey Odell Bonesaw Barnett and I, we took a trip out to Arizona. I played a couple of shows out there. And, you know, Arizona is not that far, but it feels really far when you don't leave until midnight. And so we started driving at midnight. (laughs) I don't know why. I think we stopped in Azusa or something, hung out with a friend. And I think we downed like two monster energy drinks and he's driving the whole time. And, uh, it was just really hard to stay awake. We were blasting music, rolling the windows down. He would pretend like he was falling asleep and just like drift into the other lane. Uh, but it was bad. I mean, two monster energy drinks. The first thing I did when I got to, got to Phoenix, Arizona was to brush my teeth like two or three times. Cause they were just, just felt rotten. And, uh, so that was just a just a weird experience, I guess. Felt long.
0: Did you brush it with all kinds of energy? Is that the. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was dead after that two energy drinks. <laughs>
0: I don't know. Yeah. What about you, Randy? You're a man amongst the, the world. Where have you been?
2: Yeah, I've got a few years on you guys. Like I said, I've gone on so many trips, I can't even remember them all, but we just took a, a long road trip. You know, we just went to, matter of fact, we took off June 3rd. And I don't I think we were gone for two and a half weeks. And uh we went all the way up to uh Cave Junction just across the border from uh California to visit my wife's uh uh aunt. She's eighty years old and she's still pastoring and uh you know, got to preach in her church again. I had done that in about twelve years, so that was that was fun. But that was a long, long way. By the time we ended up getting home, I almost did about two thousand miles is what we did. So we usually probably, we try and push, you know, we go to Wyoming and going up there and fly fishing and stuff. So I usually try and push about seven, 10 hours, you know, I don't go under seven hours pushing. So wow. it's like journeys, you know, it's like Jeremy said, you know, I mean, I don't drink, you know, energy drinks. <laughs> they get me doing this, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, man, it's a long, it's a long haul. It's a long haul. Kind of like I would say, I, I don't really like the traveling. You know, I drove for Chicken Delight delivering chicken when I was in uh, in high school and stuff. So I hate uh, I, I, I hate driving. I just it ruined me for doing that stuff. But I like getting to the destination. So, yeah. you know, that's kind of how where I'm at there.
0: Sounds like a sermon. It's all about the destination. So- oh, I love the destination. <laughs>
1: My road my road trip sounds like really minuscule compared to that two thousand miles. And then I, I think about my in laws just just are getting back like today or tomorrow. They've been driving like to Maine and oh, gosh. Like Washington, pulling a trailer and everything. Yeah. Yep. Pulling the not, trailer. I don't know why. Yeah. It's fun. It's
2: what about fun. you, Sterling?
3: You guys are pretty nuts. Um yeah, my longest trip was kind of doing the same thing, going towards Arizona. Um so it was Jessica and I, when we were engaged, I was, uh, we went for like Thanksgiving to go see her parents. Um, and then I also had to get their blessing basically for, you know, to marry her and everything like that. Um, so we took, we went to Flagstaff, then we drove to the Grand Canyon. And then from there we were going to Bryce Canyon and then to Zion. Mm-hmm. Cool. On the, way to, on the way to Bryce Canyon, like we're hauling in the Prius, you know, and I don't drive a Prius, but I was driving at this time. <laughs>
1: It says like, why do you want to like,
3: uh, (laughs) (laughs) no, but it's more so because we would have, there's like, um, there was a bunch, speaking of real estate, there was like a a big sign that was like thousands of bakers or something like that for sale. So I'm looking at the sign like, Oh, like, check that out. And we had just passed a sign that says deer crossing. So (laughs) as soon as I turned back, (laughs) there's just a ton of deer just coming across. (laughs) So I'm skidding in the Prius. And we went through the deer actually and one of them jumped and landed on the back and then kept going. Wow. So it was one of those kind of like I don't know, maybe a rite of passage, like so she could know that I was gonna you know, not pay attention, so she had to watch out for me.
2: <laughs> but so
3: yeah, so that was, and then we went to Zion and enjoyed a bunch of hiking and stuff. But yeah, we were we were logging like four hours at a time or something, but it was a really long trip to do a loop, so
1: like tokyo drift you know yeah yeah,
3: (laughs) except except there's no motors it's just (laughs) hey
1: but if if you guys are in the chat and following along we want to hear about it too right do we want to hear about them do we want to hear from them yeah i guess so okay we want to hear about your craziest road trip experience i guess yeah how about you
0: we got we have like a whole we have a a journey gang that goes in rvs and camps together so there has to be some good stories around here somewhere um but we are going to start with our talk and see this is important because we are going to be talking about this roadmap psalm one lays the foundation for all the other psalms you get to to see where we are supposed to go in our walk of life so i want to hear where you've been this is the important part over and over we're going to touch on that but it's a a roadmap so you start with knowing where you are for some people don't know they're there's GPS on your phone, but they also had these maps back in the day. So the thing with maps is like you figure out where you are to then try to start to track where you're supposed to go in life. So if I'm starting here and I'm supposed to go somewhere else, I plot a way to go and make it work. Why are maps so noisy? I can't be cool about that. Uh, so, <laughs> Psalm 1 is navigating the waters on how to get to the best road possible. So. On our trip, we have officially hit a fork in the road, and we're going to see as we go through this psalm that you can either take a trip to the wicked side, and that's not as cool as it sounds, or you can stay on God's good side. So we are hitting the fork right now, and we get to decide what road we are going to go in. Some people have already chosen their road, and we're here to tell you, you can reroute if necessary. But are we going on the way of the righteous, or are we going down the way of the wicked? And to put it plainly, those who walk in the way of righteousness are walking with God and they're going to flourish. And it's the opposite. If you're walking with the wicked, you're going to sink pretty much. That's the the end of the story. So when we think of people, we tend to think of all the different kinds of people that make up the world, where we come from, what we look like, uh, different things and styles that we come from. Yes, we're each unique and individual. And there are billions of t- uh, people all around the world. But when we examine the Bible, we see that we come from God. And he sees us and puts us on the road of these two different directions. There's two categories. So God has gotten us ready for this moment. And he's ready to guide us and be with us on these steps that we go on. So we belong to God. And then there are those that don't belong to God. There's that road in life that we're going to face There are believers and there's unbelievers. There's that road that you're going to face. There are Christians and non-Christians. There's that fork in the road you're going to hit. There are righteous people and there are wicked people. So I'm excited to move forward. And we are going to start with Psalm chapter one, verse one. So open up your Bibles, pull up the app right now, and we are going to get rolling. And Jeremy is going to kick us off.
1: All right Psalm 1 verse 1 oh the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers So uh as we explore this we'll first uh we'll first figure out and talk a little bit about the wicked uh rasha'im is the Hebrew meaning the the wicked or the ungodly or the criminal they're, they're not just those who are are guilty of sin because you know all of us uh, have been guilty of sin at some point, uh, today, yesterday, you know, five minutes ago, uh, the wicked describes the people who are on a, a different path altogether, though. They're, they're not reading the map like Dustin had. They, they've tossed it aside and went their own way, like saying, you know what, God, just leave us, leave us alone. We have no desire to follow you and, and your ways. They're the ones who choose their own path, you know, who determine what's right and wrong by means of their own judgment and, and refuse to be guided by the wisdom of God. Man, that's
0: really eloquent just toss it aside that's what they're
1: <laughs> just get rid of the map and, and the hard part i have sometimes when i'm reading the psalms is i often like to find myself on the side of the uh the godly right and mm-hmm. sometimes i have to examine and, and really check my heart to realize like you know what some of these characteristics of the wicked sound a little bit more uh like what what i find in my life sometimes so There there are the two different distinct groups, but at the same time, there is some overlap here, right? Mm. Maybe it's not so clear cut. That's
0: a great point. Uh, One of the things that we're going to revisit is I want to hear some of the the chat's questions of what they have going on here. What do you guys think of, can you describe like the righteous? What do you think of wicked? Do you think there are these two roads only? I want to hear your guys' questions. It, It has to run through your mind because it constantly runs through my mind as I read. Scripture, like I don't know all the answers to any of this, so we all have questions. Let's start asking these together. Uh, But I want to start with one specific question. Um, Jeremy is just talking about throwing the map, God's plan, away and trying to get rid of that. Um, And that map that they're getting rid of is listening to God and trying to what He's trying to guide you, He's being that GPS unit for you. So I want to start with Randy. How did you start to listen from the wisdom of God? So if someone's facing this fork in the road, how did you decide to start listening and how to follow him? And did you happen to have a light bulb moment that if you actually started to hear it right away?
2: Um, well, I've been following the Lord for almost 50 years. Next year will be that. So, you know, I've really started thinking, did I have a light bulb moment? I, I don't know. My memory's failing me. I can't get the random access memory that. Come up with one thing, you know. I mean, God started drawing me, is what He started doing. And, uh, well, even prior before that, I didn't even think about that. I mean, I really gave my life to Jesus when I was going to a Christian school. My parents were heathens, but sent me to Christian school. And in third grade, I gave my heart to Jesus. I really did. I still got the Bible where I wrote in there. And then I drifted away and recommitted my life again, you know, a couple of times, but it wasn't until, you know, I was 19 years old and, uh, you know, just during the whole chaotic movement of this, of the, you know, late sixties going into the seventies and in seventy one, you know, I, I, God was drawing me, you know, I could, I could hear his voice a little bit. You know what I mean? I kind of knew what his voice was growing up, you know, and in, in school and reading the scriptures and then telling us about Jesus and all of that. But, uh, you know, it, it wasn't really until I, gave my heart to Christ, where I accepted him, surrendered my life to him. That's when I started reading the scriptures. That's when I started searching the scriptures. That's when I started just, you know, listening to teachings. And and back in the days when I did it, you know, we could, you know, there was some great Bible teachers on the air. And plus also I, I, I got hooked up with Calvary Chapel and Chuck Smith on their tape lending library. And I was getting, I think, about three tapes a week or something like that. I mean, I just—I probably heard the whole Bible taught by Chuck. So you know, I was getting just tons and tons and tons of of that wisdom, you know, in my life, and and I craved it. I, I really did. I and I, I still to this day, you know, I, you hear me say to people, I was taught this by my first pastor. You know, read the book of Proverbs. There's you know, thirty one of them you know, whatever the day is, read it and stuff. And I'm not religious about it. You know, I mean, I'll miss days and stuff. And I go, gosh, you know, today's the 21st. Let me hear what, let me check it out. And I've probably read it a gazillion times, but you know, it's still good. It's still mm-hmm. the wisdom of God. And, and I love, I, I just love the word. Okay.
0: So. What about you, Sterling, how did you start to to listen to this wisdom of God because I mean you're a pretty righteous dude, but have you always been super righteous? <laughs>
3: oh yeah, totally <laughs> um yeah, you know, I think it um ultimately came from a place of brokenness, you know, I feel like when I was younger, um <clears throat> definitely had some things that I was angry about that I just didn't understand um you know, like kind of like a key thing I can point to is like with sports and stuff, like I remember running like was a huge part of my life and remember, like, my motivation was to be, like, angry. Like, I was angry, and then that would, like, propel me, you know, to, like, kind of do better. But, like, through that, um, you know, God led me down a path and put people around me that definitely I was going to church services and things like that. And um, <clears throat> just hearing the word and, you know, hearing the gospel be preached. And ultimately, it kind of turned into where I was always hearing, you know, like, at the end of services, you know, will you accept... Um, Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, and that was like something that most services I was going to just like kind of wasn't it was just going over my head, I wasn't thinking about it, it wasn't like really taking it in, and then, like I would say my light bulb was just that at one service it was on a Good Friday that Good Friday service like later in the night where like it really just like broke open into my heart and just like I get tingles right now thinking about it, so that was kind of like my right. light bulb was just understanding that you can't be angry forever that like I can only be made whole through Jesus, you know, so that service really just kind of cemented it for me. And then from there, it's like no turning back, you know, you can't turn a light bulb off after that. You've seen it, you know? So um, yeah, that's kind of where it's been. That was like the moment, but it's really been gradual. I think as like you kind of refine a little bit more um, in your faith or at least grow, I guess growing is the, the best um, way to put it.
0: Yeah. It's really yeah. good. And that's the, the question that's in the chat right now. We want to hear from you. So how did you start to listen to the wisdom of God? So go ahead and answer it, it, your ways that you hear. So far, I've heard it's it's by listening, uh, being open to it, and we come to him in our brokenness. So I want to hear a couple more things from the chat. Um, yeah. But I have a, a follow-up question, and I'm going to pick on Sterling first because he's a newbie. Um, but you had this light bulb moment. So that means... That there was a past before that you used to live in. So, did you ever find yourself in a situation that you felt like you shouldn't be in because of the people you listened to or you were around?
3: Nah, man, you didn't hear me. I was done. (laughs) It's over. I was (laughs) was taking care. Yeah, I was. I wrote down like on my notes. Like we don't have enough. All of us don't have enough fingers and uh, toes to count on how many times that unfortunately I've backslid or just found myself in old, um, old places. And, you know, these habits are just so hard to hard to break. Um, you know, getting, I know, you know, Randy's, um, discipled me in, in certain situations, but, um, you know, with you and Jeremy, you guys have experienced me more on like a friendship relational based type thing. And you guys have experienced this with me as well, um, without getting too much into the details, but you know, there's, there's crowds that used to hang out with there's habits and things where, um, unfortunately, like, some of them are just very tough to break. And, um, it starts with me, you know, and what's going on with my heart. Um, but yeah, I still have found myself back in those old places and, um, it's sad when it happens, you know, I just got to repent, repent, and like just be in fellowship with you guys, get some forgiveness and grace and move on from there. But yeah, it's, um, it's happened more when I first got saved. I definitely turned for a while, kind of like where um, Andy was saying. And then now, it's, um, you know, I've got a, a good group around me I'm I'm in fellowship and like we we're talking about the community groups, those things really keep me, you know, rooted and anchored in faith, obviously, um, you know, other things like prayer and, and reading scripture, but those surroundings are really what transforms my life
1: with that stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah, now now we get to go to Jeremy's deep, dark secrets. So (laughs) Before
1: before I reveal my deep, dark secrets, I just want to mention a couple of things that people have said in the chat. Jim Rushing talks about how the the wisdom of choosing wisely uh, on those two roads. Uh, He also talked about um, one of the ways that he started to listen to the wisdom of God was to engage with other like-minded people and grow and an interesting ways is, is like yeah like-minded but also like to to get a different person's perspective i remember when i was in seminary um we were uh assigned uh, an author that was out of our cultural realm so i would read like a, a book by some european authors and stuff and then i would read someone from like south america and different different situation different scenarios so don't just surround yourself just with like-minded people but it is really important in order to help you. To grow. He also mentioned he experienced a light bulb. Jim's like on fire tonight, by the way. Uh. He talked about his Uncle Jerry's uh, funeral, experiencing some sort of a a light bulb experience. Uh, Sylvia has given you props, Sterling. Thanks for being transparent. Uh, And then uh, Cooper, my nephew, is now on the chat. This is (laughs) awesome. Uh, And then Melina said God cornered her and showed... That sounds like... like, Coercive, but but what she means is like he showed uh her his ways and and how her choices were leading to destruction so uh, yeah i mean i don't really have anything to add to no, that but. No. <laughs> no but um did you ever find yourself in a situation like you shouldn't be because of people you listen to or were around uh probably one of the most clearest uh i don't know if that's even proper english but one of the clearest um, things I can remember is I think it was like a junior in high school and there was this girl, Jenny, that I was hanging out with and she was not a Christian. And uh, that's, that's okay. You can hang out on Christians or whatever. But I, I had this idea in my mind that I would help her become a Christian. We call that missionary dating. And that, mm-hmm. after that is successful about like yeah. <laughs> 2% of the time. I only know like two people. 1%? Time. Yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe 1%. But, um, I remember just feeling so bad because one night, I think it was like a Thursday night. It was like our youth group night. And I was, I was at my dad's, my parents are divorced and I told him like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go to youth group tonight. And, uh, yeah, my ride uh, is picking me up at the, at the end of the street. Well, it was Jenny who picked me up and we didn't go to youth group at all. You know, we, we went to, uh. Kmart and, and horsed around and stuff. Kmart is no longer, you know, but it was just like, I felt so convicted later on about that. And it just, it just kind of pulled me in a different direction and had God kind of had to snap me back into that. So,
0: Mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing those. Now your, your nephew will be able to use that against you. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) Unfortunately, I just made up that name. So, you know, no so make sure that those in the chat, you're, you're sharing this too. It's, it's not meant to, what the kids say, put you on blast and make you feel uncomfortable. It's so you get a chance to be accountable for one another and also grow. It's like we get to hear about these instances where people have gone down these different things for listening to the wrong voices sometimes. And they can see a difference in listening to God now. That's, that's the main thing. It's like who we listen to is pretty much what we project. It's just a kind of a factual statement moving forward. The more and more you listen to God, the more God's going to be broadcasted from you. So we're going to.
1: One more thing we got really important. Uh, uh, George Esquivel and April just joined, but also uh, Sylvia dropped a bomb of truth right here. That accountability is so important that she's grateful for the friends that she has who are honest with her when she's Mm. altering. She got three thumbs up for that, too. Wow. That's good, Sylvia. I'm gonna give her one.
0: Yeah, there you go. <laughs> right. well, we are gonna move on to our next part of scripture. So if you can crack open those Bibles again, we're gonna go in Psalm. Oh, I can't even talk tonight. <laughs> Psalm chapter one, verses two and three. That's what happens when I try to multitask and do stuff. There
1: you go. Can you guys oh. encourage Dustin in the chat? I think he's just a little flustered. I don't know what's up. It's bro? the
0: Sterling. Sterling makes me nervous. <laughs>
1: We need to
2: get we need to get your hair and makeup over there, dude. Get
0: your- uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> all right, I got this section, Dustin. Yes, sir. All right, uh, good part right here. It's all good, man. You know me; I love the scriptures. Uh, but they talking about those righteous people, people following the right roadmap, uh, delighted the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river bank. Bearing fruit each season, their leaves never, never wither and they prosper in all that they do. I love that, man. I mean, uh, you know, when I'm looking at this, you know, we're talking about two types of people. So I, I'm, I'm looking at it as us who are following Christ as Christians, you know, the ones that should be on that right path, those ones that are following the roadmap, you know, that God has, you know, his word, uh, uh, they have, uh, a, a delight in their heart and, and, uh, a love to hear and to obey God's, God's word. I mean, they have that, you know, just like you were saying, uh, Sterling, you know, that light bulb goes on and all of a sudden something changes in sight. There, there's this newness and all of a sudden where you didn't want to hear the voice of the Father speaking or Jesus, all of a sudden you're loving it and you want to hear it. You, you delight to hear it and, you know what? At times it, it's hard to obey, but you want to obey. You want to obey. And that's what the psalmist is kind of talking about there. And I think all Christians, you know, uh, that are really following the roadmap, following the scriptures, following Jesus Christ. You know, they're thinking, they're pondering, you know, they're they're meditating on the scripture. What does it say? Day and night. You know, it's the illustration of what and you got. I'm sure you guys have heard this. Maybe somebody out there listening and stuff hasn't heard it, but it's like cows. Cows do a very interesting thing. You know, they're out in the fields and, and they're chewing the grass and, and they're eating it. And then they, they swallow it. They bring it back up again. They chew on a little bit more. They swallow it. They bring it back up again. That's the process that, that the psalmist is talking about here. That those that are on that right road, you know, that are going to end up in Jesus' presence one day. You know that's what they're doing constantly. They've got that word that they're meditating on. you know their life is filled with the scriptures they're reading it, they're studying it, they're sharing it they're they're open to to new insights you know it it made me start thinking about you know you get you get old like I mean you guys will be there one day. I'll be in heaven by that time, so you know but but you still learn even as an old guy, you guys are younger guys in the Lord and, and you gain deeper insights into the scriptures. You know, that's what's so, that's what's so wonderful about it. And, and why? Because you're listening for, them. And, and you're looking for those, those insights and, and Christians need to be doing that saying, Lord, is there something a little bit more here? Is there something a little bit more deeper in these scriptures? And like I said, I've been reading this thing for 50 years and I still get stuff. I go, where, I never saw that. And I really, really studied it. They're righteous. They're, they're like trees planted by what? The source of life. Jesus said, Hey, you're thirsty. Come to me. I'll give you a living water. You won't thirst no more. The disciples said, Lord, where are we supposed to go? We've been hanging out with you. And man, you got the words of life. You've got the source of life. And, and they wanted to hang by it. You know, I, I'm a fly fisherman. I love fishing, you know, streams in our back country, wherever they might be. And, uh, you know, beautiful trees are lined all over the place. You know why they're lined there? Because that's where the water is. That's where the source is. And, uh, you know, it, the fruitfulness that it says in that scripture. Here's a, a little thing that kind of, it just grabbed a hold of me. You know, I've always, you know, yeah, fruit. You know, Jesus is a vine. We're the branches. We're to bear fruit and all of that. But, but the Lord was saying, look it, you know who that fruit's for, Randy? He goes, it's not for you. It's for those around you. Mm. It's for them to enjoy. My little grandkids come over here and I've got about four or five fruit trees. They get tangerines and oranges and plums. And they always go, Papa, take me down. I want to get some fruit and stuff. So the fruit's not for me. it It's for them. So that fruit out of our life is for others. It's not for us. Even the fruit of the spirit, you know what I'm saying? I was thinking about that going, well, that benefits the people around us. It truly does, and when we're walking on that right path, we've got we're going the right direction. That fruit goes and leaves never what it never wither, right? And and they don't and and leaves wither because of heat, right, or lack of water. And uh, those trials, those tribulations, all that turmoil, all that stuff—that's when the heat of life comes, right? And if you're planted close to the rivers of life, yeah, you're going to keep growing, you're going to prosper, right? So I don't know. That's what I hear out of all of yeah. that stuff. I
0: love it. That's that's an amazing commentary on that. Uh, there's a there's a reason why this is the part of scripture that I when I studying this I love this and I took the most out of it and that's why these guys are on the panel. It's because these gentlemen have followed the right direction. I I consider them righteous and they have impacted my life greatly and they have taken this scripture and applied it to life to those in the chat right now and those watching online. Uh, I want you to know, I, I hope you get a chance to, to speak to these individuals because they're taking what it said and putting it into action. Jeremy's the one that we had Bible studies. He's the one that kind of pulled me aside and, and walked with me. That Look what you built up. That's uh, Randy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Randy, I've gone through so many books with him uh, being one of my mentors, and he's just an amazing man of God who's taken this idea of being fruitful and giving it to other people. And Sterling is America's next greatest preacher. So he's someone that's received some of these fruits and moved forward. So I want to focus and stop and just talk about this for a little bit more. And I want to ask you, Randy, specifically, you're getting a little bit into it right now with your your recap about why this fruit is important and why you park down on this stream to get this living water. So why do we plant on riverbanks? And how do we keep our roots down deep? What keeps us connected and, and nourished from that stream? And what do we need to be doing as we're getting that nourishment?
2: Yeah, well, like, like I said, I mean, it's a great picture. Water is life. And, you know, uh, that's why it's down at the rivers, because there, there is life there. Uh, trees, I mean, it, it's, it's amazing I can tell where a creek is by just following the trees down there because there's so much life. And, and how do you keep those roots down? You know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about that, you know, God created everything. He created the trees and they have this natural ability to do what? To, 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 to sink their roots deeper and deeper into the soil, searching for that water, for that life that's, that's there. And I think in us as Christians, Really, when you're really born again, there's, there's that something God places in your heart that you want those roots, you know what I'm saying? To get deeper and deeper and get closer and closer to the source. In other words, closer to Jesus. You know, even when you're old like me, I, I, I still want, it. I still want that intimate relationship with him. Well, I mean, how do I do it? Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I read the scriptures. You know, I listen to the scriptures. You know, there's a lot, a lot of people have a hard time sometimes reading the scripture. Uh, my son has that, you know, and, and I say, look, man, get the Bible app, listen to it. I, I listen to, you know, a devotion, you know, one or two of those and, and the scripture, and I just let it sink into my life. You know, I think th- that keeps me rooted. You know what I'm saying? And I think kind of like Sterling, you know, we're talking about people and the fellowship that helps to keep us rooted. You know what I mean? And, 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 having those deep, 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 strong roots that we have. Great. So, you know, and, 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 you know, one little thing here. Uh, I, I was thinking about that, you know, he, he uses the analogy of us being a tree. And I was saying, well, that works, but trees don't have the ability to move away from the source. We as Christians, mm-hmm. we have that ability to move away from the source. So we have to, you know what I mean? We have to be diligent to seek the kingdom, just to go after God with our whole heart is what we have to do. And sometimes it's like us kind of slapping ourselves in the head and saying, hey, stupid, you're going the wrong way. Get going. Or maybe Jeremy comes up and says, hey, you're going the wrong way, brother. I love you. You need to get moving, going the other direction. You're You're getting away from the source. Yeah. So, you know. I love, you know,
0: that's that's enough. <laughs> yeah. No, that was that was a very tweetable thing you just said. That was really good. Uh, I wanna Jeremy, I see some pretty interesting things in the chat. Do you mind recapping yeah. those?
1: Yeah, uh Mickey first said, Old is awesome, Randy. Uh, Melina also is giving Thanks. Props. uh Mickey said that the more we learn in the word, God talks to us where we are at at that moment. Yes. Um And then, Sylvia, we never stop learning and growing such a beautiful gift, especially during the most painful times. So, yeah,
0: yeah, good. It's good. So, I'm going to now pick on someone that's been discipled by Randy and I've seen grow and flourish in this amazing man of God. So, Sterling, how has picking this fruit that, that Randy's talking about? He's grounded in this word, he's been you know, nurtured, saturated by God. So how is picking this fruit that by him discipling you affected your life? And what lessons have you taken his style of teaching and how he points to Jesus all the time? How do you then do the same type of thing?
3: Yeah, I mean, well, I'm obviously grateful for what Randy has taught me. And then um, obviously trickled down to you guys as well. Um, but it's like very humbling to you know see somebody be so graceful also be willing to teach and be in relationship with you and be giving in that manner um cuz i mean there's nothing really i mean obviously Randy has this calling on his heart um you know to to produce the fruits of the spirit and for those of us around him to be able to you know gain from that and then be blessed by it and i feel like just witnessing that and and being with somebody who's just so just so in love with god just so in love with being in relationship with jesus that it's it's like an aroma. It's like you just you want to be near it, you know? Um and I think like any tree that's bearing really nice fruit and stuff like that, like that's what you smell. <laughs> you know? Like you smell like how good the apples are and all of that. Um and you know, we kinda of, it's a little bit of a Christianese talking about aroma and stuff like that. But I mean it's true. Um, and that's kind of something that I've learned from at least being around Randy with that. Um and it also comes to like just with my walk and how things have been in life, it's you know, forgiveness that, you know. Christ died for me and that these uh that's basically the first fruit, you know, and it's the greatest. And from there, you know, I kind of go into fellowship and then a life of righteousness and you know, with that like if I want to have a fruitful relationship with my wife, I need to be de- dedicated to it. And the same thing goes with my relationship with God that I need to be dedicated because I'm so in love. And uh um, that's that's exactly what I've seen in Randy. That's what I want to mirror as a follower of Jesus Christ and um yeah, hopefully you know, I'm not always the most patient man, but I try to be, you know, things like that, you know, and like have joy in my heart and be at peace and um hopefully as that walk um with Christ keeps going, that these roots keep bearing and um that I can at least receive and be blessed by what he's pouring out.
1: Yeah. Very good. The aroma, Dustin really knows all about that because he worked in <laughs> <laughs> Path and Body Works.
0: I so. have a candle of vanilla bean just aromas going right now. <laughs>
1: I remember the first time I went over to Dustin's house, I was like, wow, it smells like a campfire and marshmallow. And and I was like, wow, Steph, like you really know how to, and he's like, no, it's, it's Dustin. He mixes the candles and does all, you know, Bath and Body Works right there. The aroma of Christ. It's it's that
0: wavering scent that makes people feel at ease and you want to study even more.
1: of Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Right. Whatever you say, bro.
0: Yeah, that's <laughs> Don't act like you don't have those candles now too. This is <laughs> I, do. I might a, right.
3: have a Christmas tree propped up the whole time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: But we're we've been talking about the the fruitfulness of listening and pouring into people that can help you grow. Uh that that's been the main point of this section, but at the same time if we are looking at that fork in the road and we're choosing, hey, Godly side, good people, could listen to them, could grow, could make you a better person. Or, huh, that seems pretty tempting over there. Maybe I could go over here and also, you know, kind of keep my hand on God's section over here. But sometimes there are people in your life that you're going to have to move away from. They're they're just not going to help you grow. And they might be some of the people tempting you back into the world's type of thing and not bringing you to the godly side. So have you had to stop being around certain people? Uh, has that, Was it an easy thing to do to grow away from those people? Did you have to you know, have a tough conversation? Or did <laughs> God just naturally take you out of those situations? I'll start with Jeremy for this one.
1: I think for me, it wasn't so much of a conscious decision of like, all right, now here's this list of friends that I'm not allowed to hang out with anymore. So like block you, don't call me, whatever like that. It, I know for some people it has to be like that. But for me, it was kind of more like a natural progression of things, where it's like, "Hey, our interests are not the same anymore because of X, Y, and Z." And Hanley, Jesus Christ! And so it just kind of shifts naturally. I remember uh, even in high school, some some buddies I had were like, "Hey, like let's go smoke weed behind the gym," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> no, uh, I'm good, man. You know, I'm I, I, that just doesn't make sense to me." And um, I, you know, I don't know. I think it was just a natural progression where it was just, I mean, I still love the dudes still, you know, check in with them, you know, but it's like, it's just different worlds, different, different scenes. So.
0: What about you, Sterling? How's your backstory?
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was trying not to give you the nitty gritty earlier, yeah, uh, but I guess I can't avoid it. It comes down to this, right?
1: <laughs> People want to hear
0: the nitty gritty.
3: They're yeah. asking
1: for it in the chat. They like want
0: to judge you next time at church. It's like, yeah,
2: right.
3: <laughs> No, but it's um, it's very kind of like similar to what Jeremy was talking about. Um, you know, I feel like uh, like partying and stuff like that was just like culturally like part of what I, I was like into, you know, um, before I was saved, and even after. Unfortunately, you know, got. Still went into it like when I went off to college and I got away from my church family, and you know just away from that like center um and yeah, unfortunately, it was just one of those things where you you backslid and the only thing that really kind of pushed me back was again being at a place of brokenness and like you know having to come back and um confess my sin, and basically from there you know it's it's not a um, easy thing to do, I don't think like a lot of the groups, sometimes it naturally happens um with some people, it's just like an easy break um you know there's been people that have been introduced in my life, like through work or whatever, and like I just know that's not that's I could just by the interactions and everything you know there's just different like jeremy said, different worlds um but ultimately with like a lot of my close friends that maybe aren't saved and um that I still converse with and are in relationship with it it does come down to a difference of priorities, and that's where God did have to he worked in my heart. Jesus was constantly putting it on my heart that like, you need to be honest. Like you need to be honest about what your priorities are and don't be like, don't be sugarcoating it. IE don't be lying about like what your priorities are. Be truthful that you have things that you love and you care about me, you know, <laughs> and then go from there. So, um, it's been huge. And I think, you know, just by, um, kind of other people being introduced that are, Believers that from there, we kind of come something where your priorities end up kind of leading you into a a better place and um, more of an example, actually, than it would be if you were just there continually doing the same thing with the the old crowd.
1: I think also, like you guys have mentioned, uh, having some older dudes in your life have really, uh, that's really helped me. I don't know how it is for the ladies, but like I remember... Uh, end of high school, beginning of college, just having like three to six dudes Sean Gordon, Eric Hembert, Brian Monka, these guys, guys who are just like have tons of wisdom. And it sounds weird. It's like, what are these guys like buying you beer? You're underage or anything like that. But no, it wasn't. They were just in, you know, we'd go surfing or we'd play sports or whatever it was and like instructing me in the ways of God. And it was uh, amazing to learn the wisdom hands on. Didn't feel like discipleship, but it actually was. So having that wisdom is, is huge. That's God.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
3: No, real quick. I just want to give Jeremy some kudos too. Cause there's, um, you know, we were in movement at Crossroads kind of like during when I was first, uh, a new, um, Christian and it's just crazy to see where your life goes. And then like not too long ago, I was cleaning out storage and there's an old, um, Jeremy K's like <laughs> album, you know, and just like thinking back to like, I have notes written down from, you know, sermons that we attended together and just, you know just being in fellowship, but at that time, unfortunately, I was too immature to understand what was happening. But I just love to see how God continued to breathe life into this relationship and bring it along. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I know you're a little bit older than me, Jeremy. So thank you for being that example. <laughs> oh,
1: am I older than you? I thought you're like graduated '06.
3: <laughs> yeah, '07. <07. We're>, <laughs> same.
1: <laughs>
3: are we the same, or you're one? You're one above me.
0: Don't worry
1: about it, bro. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want to, I want to hear from Randy too. You're around a whole mixed bag of different people, uh, working in the construction field and being a pastor for so many years. So what about you? What about your life story and all those surfer guys? And,
2: well, you, you know, you guys are saying, you know, uh, you kind of gradually, you know, moved away from that. You know, when I got saved, you know, in the Jesus movement, it was all with my surfer buddies that I had. We all surfed together and stuff. So as long as we were hanging around each other, it was great. But I had this other guy that was like a brother to me and, uh, you know, partying, doing all the stupid and sinning and doing all that junk. And he was fun to be around because he really liked the sin. Then he'd get me sinning really crazy, too. And uh I was still hanging out with him. And, you know, I, and I have an evangelistic heart. And I was going, nah, I'll be able to witness to him. You know, I'll be able to do all of that. And uh it didn't work. It didn't work. He had greater influence upon me than I had upon him, and uh, you know the Lord just kind of pinned me to the wall in a very loving way and firm way, and said, "You need to walk away from him." You know, you, you can still love him, but you can't hang out with him because you can't you, you can't handle it. The the pressure's too great, and he, and and he did, and and I found myself doing that. and and I talked to him, you know, and I said, "Look, man, you know I love you like a brother." I said, but I can't, I, I I just can't do this. You know, I, I said, I'm going to have to walk away. You know, so I would see him and stuff. I mean, I was, I was 19 years old when I got saved. So I was a pretty young guy. And just recently, you know, he, he contacted my wife and I, and uh kind of Facebook or Messenger or something like that. And he was just concerned how we were doing, you know, through the COVID thing and all of that. And I ended up, you know, getting hooked up with him later on back in life, doing construction work for his uncle that owned a a restaurant down there, in Venice, Venice Beach, the Venice Bistro. And, you know, I saw him over the years, but here's this guy concerned about my life, you know, and, and we got to talk to him and say, Oh, everything's going great, Henry and stuff. You know, and unfortunately, you know, I, I love the guy like crazy. And he's been married, I think three times, four times. And he was the guy that I might've even said this in a message one time. He, he said, boy, I wish I would've just stuck with the first wife, you know? So, you know, sometimes you've got to turn, you know what I mean? You've got to walk away from them because they're going to take you. Bad company corrupts morals, right? And uh, you guys were strong enough. I, I wasn't, you know what I mean? And uh, and that's why the Lord kind of had to say, you need to make the choice, you know. And, and I did. Thank God I did through it. So never went back that way again.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, when I look at my past Friends growing up, and to see who I'm surrounded with now, I can just see how God shifted all the people that He wanted me to grow in a certain way. So now I'm able to call Jeremy like pretty much any time of the day, and we talk about fatherhood, we talk about being husbands, we talk about church, we talk we can talk about anything, sports whatsoever. But the thing is, we have a friendship where we're able to grow together. We're able to be accountable to one another, and we know that the other person has the best interest at heart. He's not going to let me fail in certain areas or go down that bad road. So it's like who you sink, sink yourself up with is going to make a difference. So God will have you grow out of some relationships, like Randy's saying, too. He will have you get away from some people uh, that may be difficult. That doesn't mean you can't like them, but it's going to be better for the kingdom. And he's going to sync you up with some people that are going to help change your life for the better. Yeah. I saw.
2: Well, no, to, to add to that, that's not saying we can't have friends that are yep. non-Christian people. We, we need to have those people, yep. but if they're pulling you the wrong direction, it might be time just to back off a little bit. Huh? Yeah: yep. Is
0: there some cool I, I saw some pretty intellectual things in the, the chat, Jeremy. Is there a couple you want to highlight?
1: There's a lot of intellectual things. <laughs> uh, April is saying that God has moved people out of her life. It was painful, but the peace
0: after makes it worth
1: it. Mm. That's
0: good. I like that word, peace. That's good. All right. We're going to continue on with uh, the last part of Scripture for our study of Psalm 1, verses 4 and 6. And this is your big moment, Sterling.
2: we go, dude. (laughs) All the heavy weight is on you, brother.
0: (laughs) All right, sweet.
3: You got it on the screen, so it makes life easy.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, yeah. So verse four, but not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly. For the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Right. And it's a great way to kind of you know, the last one we were looking at, like, you know, the, the vis- visual of the trees and kind of how it's setting roots. But um this one definitely is, you know, putting something in there of like what kind of comes after that. So the wicked are like chaff and which I have it in my notes is like the outer husk of a grain um, who are blown away in the wind. So it sets out basically the basic framework of a life of righteousness, essentially for the rest of um Psalms, um, as well as the Bible. So. God blesses the righteous and the wicked wither away. So it's pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> puts it all out there. Um But after the plants were harvested, the outer shell or the chaff um is always easily blown away by the wind as the grain would go back into the ground to be planted, which I think is such a good visual of going back in the ground, being planted, you know, producing again. Um And like I was kind of talking about earlier, um, you know, in the discussion that if you're not grounded in faith, if you're not planted or rooted, um, you know, that, yeah, you'll get easily blown away and that you'll be flying around trying to latch on to things, you know, that are in the world, Uh, materialism, all kinds of stuff, you know, things that I've fallen prey to myself. And just speaking from personal experience, it's just, it's not the way to go. You know, you're going to continually feel empty. You're going to continue to seek stuff that's just again, it's, it, that stuff is just going to blow away as well. You know, the only thing that's going to keep you rooted is, you know, that faith in Jesus Christ, um, and your relationship with God. So last portion here is just the resurrection of God of Jesus is God's promise to us. And that the world is the word world to, excuse me, of Psalm one is the ultimate reality. One day, all things will be made new. The dead will be raised and the righteous will flourish forever. Jesus is the first fruit. He has paved the way for the rest of us through Jesus. We trust that we shall be, or we shall see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Absolutely. I think, um, part of that too, is that, you know, we get all those fruits of the spirit. Um, I don't have them all listed out, but we know we've talked about joy, peace, love, self-control, patience, uh, all huge things. So it'd be nice to see that all around, you know?
0: Yeah. It's, I really like this analogy that's use this, uh, this husk being blown away and kind of just we need to be the seed that's actually planted down and all this important thing. So in the chat, uh, I want to hear from you guys even more. So this idea is list some things that you can get distracted or hooked on rather than getting deeper in your faith. Sterling was just talking about we, there's so many things thrown at you, and you can get kind of discombobulated and focus on the wrong things. So list some things that you can get distracted with that's actually going to You know, stop you from growing and start talking about that in the chat as we go on to another question to hear from these guys. Um, We may be like that husk flying around and not realize it because life is busy and we got a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things being thrown our way. So we may be flying around and not noticing it. We may not be planted down. So, how can we realize that we're on the wrong side of life's adventure? Jeremy, do you mind tackling that first? Uh, yeah, I think that... How, how do we realize we're on the long... I'll just uh, repeat the question.
1: Yeah. <laughs> then hear about it. Um, yeah. I don't think that just uh, my life sucks and I'm having a hard time and difficulty is a sign that God's not with you. I think that so often we confuse that um, with actually just that's what life is like sometimes. That, that if life is difficult or, or hard, it doesn't mean it's not good or it's not God's... God's purpose is happening in your life. But if, if your life is just leading to destruction, which is different than a hard time, I think it's kind of clear that maybe some things have to change. If you're being destructive to your family, your friends, your, yourself, uh, in a way that is just, um, calamitous, that that's something that needs to change. Um, not just because, Hey man, I'm going through a really difficult time right now because it's COVID or because it's whatever, you know, if that makes
0: sense. Yeah. Of course yep. it makes sense. You said it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you Sterling?
3: Yeah. And I, I think, um, Jeremy's so right. Cause I think a lot of even myself feel prey to thinking like, Oh, everything needs to be perfect now, you know, not realizing that it's this gradual progression. Um, at least, you know, some people it's, it's totally different, but it, you know, this, this gradual walk, um, you know, feeling the way I've kind of like been able to discern it a little bit is like when I'm feeling pushed or rushed into something without praying about it, without consulting my wife or, you know, you guys or, you know, just having that conversation and, and fellowship with other believers that um uh, that's probably not the right thing for me to do. And unfortunately I still do have times where like I won't discern properly and I make mistakes, you know, but it's like one of those things where I'm getting hopefully a little bit more <laughs> honed in and like figuring that out. Um, but I feel definitely if I was going to tell anybody anything, it's when you're being pushed or rushed to do something that you usually can tell. Um, yeah. And then, I mean, just ask, like you can read this, like look in the scriptures, you know, and I know Randy's huge on that, that, you know, if something's going on and you need to find an answer for it, just refer to the scriptures. It's written down in there, you know, yep. you figure it out. And, uh, God will, God will basically, you know the rain was going to come out and hit in the face. It'll show you what is needed. So, um, and I thank you, Randy, for you know teaching that to me. And that's one thing that my wife and I, um, when we pray about, we do are getting better at looking at Scripture. You know, it's something for, we can't just tackle it on our own.
2: Good. All the answers are in there, man. I mean, it it might not be specific in there, but it addresses the issues of life that we face all of the time. There, it's all in there. It's the roadmap, right?
0: Yeah, I see a couple answers in the chat, Jeremy, about what's this distracting thing. And I I, I want to hear about those.
1: Yeah, I know we had a, a slight distraction in the middle of this that like the feed was interrupted and Jim thought we didn't pay our Facebook bill. Yeah. Um, oh. there, there's some, some distractions like that, that that just happen in life. But uh, Kreitz, Brian Kreitz says, work can be something that can be a distraction. That's definitely real uh april says work letting it consume my time in place of bible studies or sunday service or being in the word kreitz also says alcohol personal gain especially when you have a family covid can be a huge distraction when people get tied up in the conspiracy part of things and then also it's just like social media in general can be a huge distraction
0: uh that we face yeah all those everything above
2: (laughs) almost anything can be Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: I want to end with this final thought as well. Um, There is some, the ending part where we're actually seeing the Lord watches over the path of the godly. And this is really important for us to get at. And I'm going to just jump to Randy to try to close up this thought. Uh, why, Why is the ending of Psalm 1 so important for us to understand?
2: Well, it paints a pretty sad picture, doesn't it? For someone that really not following the roadmap not following the scriptures, not living that kind of life. You know, when when I went on that road trip, I had my old map. This is the one I was using. You know what I'm saying? The big one, not the phone, because it's easier to follow, just like the scriptures. And it kept me on, you know, all of a sudden I had to go to the 289 or I had to take over to the 99 or, oh my gosh, I went the wrong way. I better go back the other direction. You know, it, these last two verses are painting this picture and it's kind of warning you better, you know, follow the roadmap or you're going to go in the wrong place. That there's a sad position that's going to wait for somebody. I mean, it was going to, it was going to be for me. It's going to be for you. It was going to be for every one of us. We would have been separated from God and in his presence for all of eternity. And that's a, that's a frightening thing. I mean, that was our destiny before we knew Christ. So, you know, People need to surrender their life to Jesus. That's what they need to do. And that'll get them on the right, you know, the right road, which is narrow, that leads to heaven, right? Yeah. But they got to follow the scriptures to stay kind of that moment by moment direction on the road that they're traveling in. So these verses are a warning. I mean, this whole thing is you you got your choice, right? You got this road, you got that road. I love it, you know, Dustin, that you, you called it the road map. I I thought that was, it's awesome. It truly is. That's a great insight, you know? So yeah, these are important verses, you know, it's a choice. That's, isn't that what the psalmist is saying? You got the choice and and which, which choice do you want to take? It's yours. That's great.
0: Well, thank you guys for your amazing wisdom. I want to get a last word, a last thought, and we're going to start with Jeremy, because I know the the wheels are turning over there. Something profound
1: someone keeps trying to shut us down on i know what
0: the heck's going on this is
1: (laughs) Uh, someone is not liking what is being said man
0: it's the wicked
1: (laughs) i I mean yeah so i I think that psalm psalm one sets it up really nicely black and white uh clear cut uh this or that that type of an idea where it's like you got the right and wrong whatever it is but like life doesn't always go like that. Life is a lot of gray area in between. And so we just need to remember where the light is and who the light is and how to follow that. And I think we need each other for that.
0: Yeah. really good. Yeah. Apologies
1: for technical difficulties. Yeah. It's not on our end.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This is so, such a good talk. This was, (laughs) what about you, Sterling? Do you have a final thought? Um, I feel,
3: uh, <laughs> I liked what Randy said about the narrow path, you know, cause a lot of times we want so many choices, but it's, it's the, the narrow one, the the path through Jesus, that's going to be the way. And, you know, we started out talking about a little bit like, um, you know, how our journey started and, um, when we had that light bulb moment and that would just be the one thing that I think a lot of people do listen to, um, you know, they'll listen to, some message or maybe they'll read a little bit of scripture here but they're not letting it sink in or taking it sincerely and I think that's when I had the the change was when I actually took it sincerely of what I was hearing and when I did that it's I heard the truth and so I think the truth of just yeah like Randy said accepting Jesus Christ and then from there it's not just like you're done I mean yes the price has been paid but you know that fellowship you know the relationship that all of us have experienced on this panel and that goes even further into journey of the church and all the amazing people that are there. And then the the kingdom in general, um, you know, that's what we should be doing is till kingdom comes be, you know, serving each other and serving the Lord. So that'd be my final one.
0: Nice. What about you, Randy?
2: Uh, you know, life's the road we travel on. Right. And, uh, it's easy to get distracted and get off going down the wrong way and that's why I think we've got to you know keep the word close to our heart you know know it read it uh have it a part of your life you know have it direct your life and stuff you know it's talking about you know that the the wicked person you know what's he doing he's he's walking with the unwise he's standing with the unwise he's Finally sitting with the unwise, you know, and we stay close to one another and close to the scriptures and have that wonderful relationship with Jesus Christ. We're going to get to the end now. We're going to we're going to finish the road trip and it's going to be heaven and it's going to be wonderful.
0: Amen. Yeah, that's good. So we're going to close on up. Remember, get your map. God's right on this way. This is the God, Godly way. So make sure you get your map out. But thank you guys for being part of this. Thank you guys for sticking with us with our technical difficulties. But we will see you on Sunday as we continue on our sermon series. And plus, we got Tuesday, Wednesday, we got 300 prayer challenge. Every day of the week, you can find us a journey. So we'll see you next time. Thanks, guys.